0: are listening to the Lawn Care Together podcast. We share tips, tricks, and mishaps of our lawn care business journey and the stories of others. This podcast is about getting your business off the ground, setting yourself up for success, and taking care of your clients. We're here to learn together, grow together, lawn care together. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. to the Long Care Together Podcast. Everybody, thanks for joining us on today's show. I do not have very much I want to talk about today, actually. Um, as you guys can tell, there hasn't really been much content pumping out. The season's over. The leaf cleanups are pretty much over. We got a couple left that we still have to do. Um, but like I said, not much. And then we are kind of getting snow here and there. We just got, what, maybe two inches of snow, but it didn't really stick to the roads. So we didn't have anything to plow the other day, and that kind of was a bummer um for the business and just i was excited to get to use the plow truck uh, my dad came over this morning and plowed my driveway just like the the half inch that was left on the top mainly just to clear it out and then he needed to come get the salt spreader for the truck anyway which was at my house so um you know what, let's talk a little bit about plowing i guess today uh just you know basic tools or things maybe uh, i can't talk about pricing for plowing so i don't actually know what i'm doing uh, to be perfectly transparent, there we do not know what we are going to be doing for plowing and you know charging, commercial, residential, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We are just going to be doing our best to make money as we can. Um, similar to lawn care, we kind of know what we need to make—65 uh, bucks or so a driveway. Some driveways more, some less, but not much less. I think 55 is like our minimum. Um, so again, always good to set a minimum. Like I said, I really shouldn't be talking about pricing. I don't know what I'm talking about per se, but I feel like you have to kind of feel out the market and see what people are going to say yes and no to. And we haven't had that many people say yes, uh, outside of our very, you know, good customers who want us to either plow for them or they really didn't care about anything with lawn care and they accepted any price we gave them. Those are your best customers. Um, they'll always be your best customers. They're going to be your best for lawn care, for landscaping, for plowing, for literally anything. You could sell them Girl Scout cookies. They don't care. And so we have a, or had a couple, not necessarily with pushback. They were just kind of silent. Um, I think I had one say, like when I said it was going to be 80 bucks, it was, uh, or they came back with like, oh, our old guy only charged us like 55. And I was like, well, that guy didn't make any money because this is a quadplex um, with a shared driveway, so it's one driveway that goes up into you know probably eight parking spots and a center lane. It's probably a couple hundred square feet, uh, pre- pretty pretty big, not huge, but um, big enough. You know what I mean. You get the picture there. And so, I just felt like you know if everybody in this quadplex, like, can you just chip out twenty bucks? Uh, to me, that made sense. I'm charging below a minimum almost for uh, the individuals and you know, I felt like for the type of property. And so when it comes down to what I expect a landlord or somebody to be willing to pay because they're going to be charging out um, on their, I don't even know uh, what word I'm looking for here, Uh, lessees, leasers, lessers, man, um, it's uh, 11 o'clock at night and I am pooped. I'll tell you that. It's been a long week. It's been a long day. It's been a long year. Um, Lots of stuff going on. You know, I'm coaching again. I think I told everybody that before. Um, but I am coaching again. I tried to resign cause I wanted to spend more time with my family and have more time to just do my job. Uh, maybe put some more time into blades, do all these things that I really haven't been able to focus on in the past. And it didn't necessarily work out that way. <laughs> they couldn't find anybody to do it. So they called me back and they're like, Hey man, um, we could really use your help. There's no one applying for this position. And I was like, yeah, cause it's a very niche market, um, you know, swim coaches isn't very prominent in uh, any area necessarily, but it's not something that's some or what people want to do with, uh, you know, their life, their career necessarily. I do it because I love the sport. I love the kids and it's just rewarding personally. I get to coach the kids in something that I loved growing up and I, I guess there's just, you know, that living vicariously through them and getting to see them either do better or go through the things that I went through and being able to coach them through that. It's not just coaching the sport, but coaching them through the experience. Um, something about that I just really vibe with and I love. Uh, granted, I didn't want to go be a teacher. And so most of the time they have teachers coach and that's not the case here. So I don't know what to tell you there, <laughs> but I got stuck doing coaching again. So I say stuck, but again, I do love it. i um, not spending as much time as I have on the past or in the past on it. But I am coaching this year, so that takes more time away from everything as well. I'm getting home late. I'm eating late. I'm putting the kids to sleep, saying goodnight to my wife, spending some time doing schoolwork, which is going to be done here in the next week or so. I should technically be finishing up my associate's degree, my free associate's degree that I was getting um, for business management, which again, not necessary for anything I'm really planning on doing. Um, But I just thought it would be cool to have an additional degree. I have my bachelor's degree. Everybody already kind of knows that if you've listened to the podcast. But albeit, none of this is talking about plowing anymore, is it? So back to plowing. Um, Things that I guess you really need to get started uh, plowing. You're going to need a truck. You're going to need a plow. Um, What type of plow is going to be up to you and the size of your truck as well. How much money do you have to spend? Are you buying used? Are you buying new? Do you need something that has wireless controls if it's maybe a home plow? Um, When I say home plow, those are smaller plows built for uh, half-ton trucks rather than three-quarter-ton trucks. Uh, So that's like your Ram 1500s are typically like a half-ton. Anything 1500 is really half-ton, Ford F-150s. Granted, some – and this is a a cool tip or trivia knowledge – some uh, F-150s actually have a uh, built-in plow suspension. Um, that was just like a base thing for them. And so, you can plow with an F-150 or you might see people plowing with an F-150 and that is because it was built to do that. It was built for Tough, right? That's, <laughs> that's what they say. So, if you can't tell, I'm also you know, getting over a cold or something here. I don't really know. The kids are constantly sick from daycare. So, part of me, that's another reason I haven't really been recording is because i know the quality and the the sound and everything's just going to be really off and nasally and bad but i don't want to leave everybody hanging um it's been probably two or three weeks uh since i recorded a podcast and so i figured you know we just (laughs) jump right back into it so um you get your plow truck now what kind of plow do you get um which plow truck it doesn't really matter you want a three-quarter ton one ton whatever something bigger but you can plow with a 1500 and I want that to be known. I want people to understand that, that you can plow with a 1500. I did it all last year in our first year, we made our money back on the plow. Um, I have a, or not right, a DK two avalanche or an avalanche DK two plow. It's a two inch front hitch receiver that gets installed on the truck. And from there, I just use that and a wireless remote that connected to the battery. uh, Like the, plow connected to a system that connected to the battery that had a wireless receiver, then I could move it up and down from inside the truck. The only downside was that I couldn't turn it left and right from in the truck. I had to get out and do that. The other bad part about that one was that the truck is so low or low enough. um, And the way it was set up on the truck as well with the two inch drop or two inch, receiver has a little drop under the bumper so it's already low to begin with and then if you ever hit any bumps or you know the front end sags as you put the plow on, you really ride in with the frame of the plow close to the ground and there's a couple ways that I was able to fix this or I could fix this I could either get a different style frame where I can just slide in and eliminate I believe it was called the D frame on the avalanche DK2. Um, the other option was upgrade my suspension on the front of the truck. Um, now, I could do this in a couple different ways. There's the Timberin system, which I think I might have talked about in terms of hauling in the past. If not, Timberin sells these uh, bump stops is what they're called on uh, these trucks or all your trucks. And so they can either prevent your truck from reducing this uh, the sag in the back when you connect to a trailer. And this is done by the bump stop, which is... Timber and sells a much larger, more dense material than the ones that come stock on your truck, and it'll reduce the amount of drop that it can have. And I think it was great. I think it made my truck look like it was riding better. It didn't necessarily ride better, but it looked level. And I think that that was more important with like longevity of the health of my truck and everything. So I liked that. Um, but you can get them for the front of your truck as well. And so this way it won't drop so far down when you put the plow on and therefore it would cause the entire front end to lift up a little bit. And therefore now I'm thinking about this, trying to think if the frame actually really drops at all. And maybe it doesn't, maybe I'm just, you know, no, it must. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Listen to me. I'm like, I don't know. Um, you're putting more, a lot more attention on the uh, front tires and you do see the drop in the well, the wheel wells. And so if you get this upgraded suspension that you can put on most trucks, they sell them for different systems probably or different setups, but they had a lot of different designs on the website and I'm not necessarily trying to advocate products or anything like that, but this thing was awesome um, for the back of my truck. And I've really been considering the front, but it, it's like 200 bucks, 250, 300 bucks. Um, would it work though? And would it keep it from bouncing and maybe protect the life of the plow and make it last longer and make it easier to plow and things like that? Probably. Um, so having the right tools, things like that, uh, for even just a 1500, you can really set yourself up for success. I wish I had something that I could turn it left and right. I probably could have even installed some sort of winch system on it and, you know, had it either pull left or right. Um, if I really, really wanted to kind of changed the way that it worked i don't know um there's a lot of different options uh or i could have just bought something that maybe did that from the inside uh probably would have cost me another thousand bucks but it probably would have been worth it right um that would have been let's see it was i want to say 1800 but it might have been more than that when i first bought it It it's probably worth a lot more now this was pre-covid or around covid and so price of everything went up and that's just due to materials and labor and everything else costing more so um you know you could do that you could you could take that route and get the 1500 and just get into plowing and try for the first year and it'll probably pay for itself um or you could go all out if you have a 2500 or you know a 250 some 3 quarter ton or even even bigger and let's just say you bought a used truck and it already has a mount on it. You're like already in business. If you need to get a mount on your truck, it's going to be a pain in the butt. But if you're already going to make the investment for plowing, it doesn't really matter. And most of the time you are going to buy the plow and then get the mount specific to that plow rather than have the mount and then have to buy whatever plow it justifies or dictates. Now, you save money if it's already on there and you might just be happy with the fact that it's a Western mount or something like that. And then that's cool. Cause then you just go out and buy a Western and that's what you wanted. But let's just say you wanted something else. They're a little bit different to set up or hook up. Um, you could get it changed out or you could just bite the bullet and deal with the fact that you're not going to like the way this connects. And it's not going to be the plow you like for a little while until you make more money doing it. But um, I would say the lowest barrier or not lowest barrier of entry, but what you want to do, and spend as little money as possible going into snow plowing um, to find out if you're actually going to like it. Uh, I had that conversation with Mike and Mikey and uh, they really talked about either not doing it or talked about subcontracting for somebody to do the work for them so that they, you you could get a gist of what it's like and what they're charging. So if, you know, say they're paying you out $60 Um, They're probably charging a hundred or something like that. So they're making a good profit on you, even though you're just showing up and doing all the work Um, they're going to make their money. So this way you can really gauge how much maybe you should be charging or at least what you value that work at when you're subcontracting. And then now how much do I charge to make my profit when I do it myself? Like, where is that built in for myself? Um, We aren't doing that. (laughs) Um, We are figuring it out ourselves. So, so be it, but we have, our plow, it looked like it was working pretty good today. Um, it's on the truck. There's a, or a, I want to say a toggle, but I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Um, the whole system is set up. It's run into the truck. It has the uh, levers and everything in the truck to lift, raise. It actually looks like it was set up for a V plow because uh, you can float and do a couple other things. But I was actually talking to my brother tonight about. Uh, This uh, AI thing that just kind of popped up. It's going crazy all over the internet right now. And so I wanted to talk to you guys about it because I actually just decided mid-episode to go and throw uh, some blog post idea at it and see if it could write a blog post for what the best snowplow for a lawn care business will be. And I'm pretty much going to read verbatim what this thing is spitting out at us as I'm speaking, Um, you know, under 30 seconds. It is going to create this content that I'm about to read to you, and it is amazing. It is bewildering, um, just amazing <laughs> what this thing could do uh, very quickly. I did it for uh, a zero turn earlier just to see, and that's why it popped in my head to do it now, but listen to this. So I asked if it could write a blog post about what the best snow plow to buy for a long care business is, and it came back with the best, and this is me starting it, Okay. The best snowplow for a lawn care business will depend on a number of factors, including the size of the business, the type of properties and services, and the budget available for purchasing a snowplow. Here are some things to consider when choosing a snowplow for a lawn care business. Now, I'm stopping for a second. Um, those are pretty much the things that I was just talking to you about. You know, size of business, type of properties, and budget. Are you going commercial or residential? Budget available. Um, you know, do you have a lot of money? Do you have five grand, ten grand, fifteen grand? Um, it's really going to make a difference of what kind of quality you can get. Can you get a V? Can you get a something with wings? Can you get something that is just a straight blade? Is it old? Is it used? Is it uh, new? Um, the size of the business. Are you commercial? Or are you really going towards the residential? So I kind of just said that, but like, do you have fifty commercial sites or do you have one commercial site? Do you have fifty? Uh, residential properties that you're servicing or do you have like five residential properties or do you have 200 you know there is a lot of variance there in uh, what you need and so i think it's important like the ruggedness and everything that you're going to get so let's go into the blog post again Um, this is number one for what it says is size and weight the size and weight of the snow plow will determine how easily it can be maneuvered and how much snow it can handle larger heavier plows are better suited for handling heavy snowfalls but they may be more difficult to maneuver and they may require a larger vehicle to tow them smaller lighter plows are better for smaller properties and may be easier to maneuver but they may not be able to handle as much snow um you know that was number one so i'm coming out now uh it's talking size and weight, right? Uh, very important. How much snow is there? Uh, is it heavy snow? Is it light snow? Um, you know, is it a multiple inches or is it like a heavy one inch? Uh, it, it, it comes in so many shapes and sizes. Um, and that's kind of what that's saying right there. It's kind of very true. Everybody who's snowed, uh, or plowed snow in the past or shoveled knows that you can have an inch that's heavier than four or five, six inches of snow. It's just, the way it compacts itself, the amount of moisture that's built into that snow, um, has it melted down and everything like that. So larger, heavier plows might be good for heavy snowfalls. Like it said, um, you might need a big, bigger truck. Yeah, that's where you come into the 250, 350, uh, you know, and bigger. Uh, maybe you have a giant dump truck in your are plowing like the uh, state roads and stuff like that. And that's why they have massive trucks because they are pushing massive amounts of snow off of the highways and they need to be able to do it with ease. Um, back into number two on the, uh, blog post that I had it right here, the type of plow, um, several different types of plows, uh, to choose from, including a straight blade plow, V V shaped plows and winged plows Straight blade plows are the most common type and are suitable for most properties. V shaped plows are better at pushing snow to the side while winged plows are better at scooping up and throwing snow. So coming out of the blog post and just, you know, making a, uh, comment on that. Those are the ones that I just mentioned. You know, you have V winged and straight blade. Um, it's actually amazing that those are the three that I nailed. So, um, sometimes I amaze myself, you know, a little pat on my back, but, uh, it, it's just like very, very basic, uh, snow plow knowledge right there. Uh, V-shaped plows are better at pushing snow to the side. I don't really like the way that said that. What I've seen with V-shaped plows is where they use it to scoop. When they get to the end, um, you know, you're doing a commercial property or something, and you're trying to pile snow up in one area. Well, you get to the end, and you kind of close into a V, and you lift the plow and you push it forward up over uh, the the hill. It says pushing snow to the side. I feel like they're they're talking. You literally run it as a V. Um, I don't really see a scenario where you would like try to do that unless by v-shaped it's saying that you can like maintain it to one side of your truck as uh, like the overflow you know what i mean so um which is exactly what you can do with a straight blade as long as you turn it so i think that that's uh poorly worded in the, the post but i'll be again not bad uh, back into the post number three material snow plows are typically made from steel or polyurethane um, steel plows are more durable and can handle heavy snowfalls but they are are also heavier and more expensive. Polyurethane plows are lighter and less expensive, but they may not be as durable and may not be able to handle as much snow. Um, comments on that. I have seen people say that you might as well just get the steel plows because it's going to end up costing the same amount or similar, Um They say that polyurethane is lighter. That might be true. That might be beneficial, but um, it takes a lot of reinforcements to make sure that those things aren't going to break, make sure that they're durable. Um, They may not be as durable. You're going to end up spending the money on repairs and things like that, and then you're going to wish you bought the steel plow anyway. I think in my case, and um, I actually pulled that from, uh, let's see. uh, It was a YouTube video. I'm trying to think who I... While I was watching, but they pretty much said, you know, steel plows are better. I want to say it was Stanley Dirt Monkey, but I could be wrong. But just, you know, let's go with that. Stanley was pretty much like, yes, uh, steel plows are more durable. It's worth it. Don't get that polyurethane plastic crap. And I, I kind of was totally right there with him. Um, to number four now, uh, mounting systems. So snow plows can be mounted on the front of your vehicle or on the back using a three-point hitch. Front mounted plows are better for maneuverability and visibility, but they may not be as effective at pushing large amounts of snow. Rear mounted plows are better at pushing snow, but they can be more difficult to maneuver and may require the use of a second person to operate them. So if you guys have ever seen those back plows, I don't know if the point of them is back dragging or if it's to push it. Um, to be honest with you, I don't really know if it's like, you know, forward, backwards, have more wing space. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of things you could do with that. Um, the videos I've seen, I think that they push it backwards. So they like plow forward and then plow backwards and plow forward and plow backwards. Um, pretty much making sure that all of their time is being used productively. And I think that that's cool. I think that's a great way. Um, I like that they mentioned the mounting system here. So those are kind of three, four things that I actually mentioned very briefly. And you know, in my very poorly worded uh, beginning of the podcast statements um, you know, size and weight type of plow material that you're going to be plowing and the mounting system you want to keep into account. So um, it ends its post with, ultimately, the best plow for the lawn care business will depend on the specific needs of the business and properties and services. It may be helpful to consult with a professional or do some research to determine the best option. Um, pretty obvious, right? Uh, now that you have listened to this 20-minute rant about plowing or what type of plow you should get and you know, figured out that I just got a lot of this information off of AI from ChatGPT, um, which I will give that shout out because that is how I did it. And I have been hearing a lot about it, um, but it's everything I said. I just wanted to show that like, now you, that's like two sources right there. Right. Like you got a source for me and you got a source from this AI literally pulling information from the internet. Everything's saying like exactly what I said, almost verbatim in a way where it's like, it only matters what type of business you're trying to run and the properties you're trying to service, how much money you want to spend. Uh, how much you're really gonna be using it and things like that. Uh, what's your personal preference? Maybe you just like to steal heavy duty ones the way they look better and maybe you should just save up for that if that's the case. you know what I mean? So do what works for you um, in the now and then I think uh, you can figure it out in the future. Now I'm not advocating to go spend ten thousand dollars if you're only gonna get one storm this year. Uh, don't don't make stupid decisions. Make a, a mo- or I was gonna say a monetary based or a money based decision. And know whether or not it's going to be a good return on investment. Your ROI is going to matter more when it comes to snow plowing probably than lawn mowing because you can always go get a lawn care company and have that recurring revenue all throughout the year. You can go out and sell a landscaping job and make $15,000 or $5,000 or $1,500 and make your money back in a weekend plowing. If you're only going to get three storms that year, you might try to make $1,500 a storm. You might try to make $10,000 a storm. I don't know. It all depends on the size and everything like that. It depends on the type of uh, contracts and customers and commercial properties and residential properties you have. Uh, how much time you're putting into your day. Are you doing three 24 hour days uh, with a little bit of sleep in between, uh, switching off the truck with somebody else? Like your truck literally doesn't stop for three days. Like that is possible. Uh, it depends on how much money you're going to make. Uh, how much you're really willing to spend. You know what I mean? So don't go out and spend a crap load of money on something that you don't know whether you're going to use if you're not in an area that gets a lot of snow. Disregard this entire podcast and thanks for listening. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, you know, take my advice with a grain of salt, throw that salt down and try to melt that snow. Uh Yeah. It's just, it's gearing up hopefully to be a good winter. I see some snow in the forecast for the rest or Thursday this week here for us in Pennsylvania. And I just got word of potential snow three days next week. And I really hope so because I'm itching to get out there and plow some snow. My dad has like three cleanups on his list that he wants to get done. Uh, You know, we're just trying to pay the bills, right? So that is ultimately uh, the, the main goal is pay your bills and be profitable here in the lawn care industry. And right now we are trying to pay our bills and the profit hopefully keep, continues to roll in. Uh But we are definitely looking to, uh, you know, get out there and change up the vibe, change up the, uh, the constant lawn care mentality and switch over to the plow mentality just for a little bit. You know, it, you got to change it up a little bit. You have to, get that change of scenery, the change of action or whatever you want to say, doing the same thing every day gets really boring. It's actually why I kind of lost interest in my old job. Uh, I just actually changed roles at my uh, full-time job. So it's nice that I'm getting that change of pace. And even in the lawn care industry with our own business, I feel like you need to get a change of pace every now and then. And that's why I love that we have multiple seasons and that we can do leaf cleanups, we can do lawn care, and then we can do plowing. Uh, Hopefully, you know, it turns out to be a profitable winter, like I said, lead us into a profitable cleanups uh, or spring for cleanups and then maybe some mulch and things like that. And then we'll go right into back into cutting grass. Um, We do have a commercial contract potentially up for bid that we are trying to get. I have to get uh, some more information on that, but we are trying to close in on that bid, you know, it's North of a hundred thousand dollars or so. And so that would be a great learning experience. Um, but obviously also just great for our business. That's something that I think that we are ready to make the next step or we have to make ourselves ready for that next step. And at what point do you do that in your business? So join us on our journey on trying to figure that out as well. Thank you so much for listening to the Long Care Together podcast and I will catch you later. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Long Care Together podcast. All the tips, tricks and advice given on the show is what has worked for us and may not necessarily fit your business. We urge you to carefully evaluate the decisions you make in your business to ensure you are always on the right path to success. With that being said, we hope we've provided you with some valuable information that can help you grow quickly, increase your efficiency, and avoid mistakes. Business isn't easy, so don't forget, you're doing a great job.